Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Welcome to our online audience. Thank you for joining us in the building today. Thank you for joining us online. Let's stand together this morning and give Him praise because He is worthy. Amen? Amen? Come on, let's sing together. I give you glory for all you brought me through. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. I'm moving forward to follow after you. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. Come on, sing it now.
promised us life. You have promised us freedom. You have promised us deliverance. So, Lord, today we pray for breakthrough in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray for you to break through in people's lives today with the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. Your presence is an open door. So come down, Lord, like never before. Great to see you. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all of creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. He's the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. He is the first in everything, for God in his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. God has reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Good morning, everybody. Great to see you in worship this morning. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, for gathering your people together. We worship you this morning as the Holy One, ruler of all, Lord of all. We lift up you in the name of Jesus Christ. Come and be present with us this morning as we just sang. Your presence, come be with us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Hey, CTC family. I'm Chrissy, and here's this week's news. One of the most important things that Jesus instructs us to do is to minister to the least of these. So we want to say thank you to all those who participated in the collection of personal items for Sunday Breakfast Mission. It's a need that exists for the homeless that many of us don't really think about. We made the delivery late last week, and Sunday Breakfast Mission responded immediately with gratitude. We are so grateful for your gift to this ministry. Beginning this June, the Ellesmere Campus will be hosting weekly events for children. Every Wednesday evening, families can enjoy a light dinner, and kids can learn more about Jesus and participate in engaging activities. In addition, there will be classes for parents as well. If you would like to volunteer to help with these events, please contact Pastor Sharon at the Ellesmere Campus office. For more information on these and other events, 
visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bear Campus office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church. Or, if you are worshiping online, you can hit the Request Prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. you weren't expecting this. Uh, it's your favorite son. Hi, Mom. I just wanted to say that it's really special to me. My favorite thing about my mom is that every time we need her love, she's just always turning our frowns upside down. The one thing that you taught me as I was growing up was always listening. Yeah, she loves me, she cares for me, and she... She's just a great mom. Uh, you've always been here for me, even in my lowest moment a couple of months ago when I was at the darkest point of my life. You were always there, and you kept me safe, and you kept me under your wings. And for that, I will love you forever. Today, Mom, I want to honor you for sticking with me even when I seem difficult. I am so blessed to have learned from you, and I just want to honor you. I want to take this opportunity to honor you for the amazing mother that you are. Today, Mom, I honor you because without you, I would not be the person that I am today. And I just pray that I'll be just as good of a mom as you are to me. Oh, that's the best gift ever. That's amazing. I did not expect that at all. Thanks for making me cry. You made my eyes sweat out. <laughs> I love you. After watching that, it means that all the hard work and the tears and the self-doubt is worth it. I didn't think I was doing that good of a job. They've made it worth it. The fact that they came and did this for me is just, it's probably the best gift they've ever given me. Oh, they're such good kids. is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Amen. Hallelujah to Jesus on this beautiful day. Good morning and happy Mother's Day to all the moms that are in the house today, that are in their own homes today with us virtually. We're so glad that you're here. And on Mother's Day, I am reminded, just as the video said, how special the role of a mother is in the life of her children or child. So we love the fact that we get to do that and that God has selected us just for that very worthy assignment, if you will. Today, if you're in the room, please notice 
at your table or if you're seated at a chair, a Connect card. If you're with us online, there is a Connect tab. The purpose of Connect is for you to write down your name and the name of everyone else who is with you in your party. On that Connect card, you may also write your prayer concerns or prayer requests. If this is your first time here and you're in the room, as you exit the celebration room after service to your left, you'll find a welcome center. We ask that you stop in and speak with either a member of our pastoral care staff or one of our trained service hosts. We'd like to greet you and offer you a small welcome gift. If you're new here and you are online, we ask that you click the New Here tab, fill out the requested information, which is taken confidentially, and Pastor Bill or a member of his team will reach out to you after the service to welcome you in a very special way. Right now, we're going to transition into a time of giving. Giving in the life of a Christian is a very important thing. It's a clear-cut example of a person's surrender to God. I know Brother James and I talk more than once about complete surrender. I think it's something that we're both working on, and it's part of the sanctification process. But what giving represents in the life of a Christian is simply this. Acknowledging that God has given you everything you have, your job, your house, your clothes, your shoes, your income. And giving back to God a portion of that shows that you have taken his command very seriously to give back a portion of what he has given to you to him. So the amount you give, that's very much between you and God. The fact that you give cheerfully and generously is what God has commanded us to do. So on your table, you'll find an envelope for offering, or if you're seated at a chair, you'll find an offering envelope there. Please fill it out. And on that envelope, there is also a place where you can record prayer concerns. What I like about prayer concerns and what I hope you like about prayer concerns is that we take your prayer request very, very, very seriously and pray for them over the week. They're confidential. If you're online, there is a button that you can click to give. You can, there you can give a one-time gift or a recurring gift. It's up to you. And you may also list your prayer concerns if you're watching online. So I'm going to ask now that you stand as we pray over the offering. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day, a day that we've set aside to worship you, worship your holiness, Father, worship your goodness, worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, we love you. We love you so much. And we ask that the offering that we give to you 
may it please you. We know that a portion of what is collected today goes back into our community. So we thank you that we get to be very tangible reminders of your goodness and mercy when we give to missions, when we give to people who are hurting and need help with their finances or their situation, and they need a touch from you, and you allow us to provide that touch in your name. So, Lord, we ask that this offering pressed down, shaken together, running over, is meant and used for the upkeep of your kingdom. And, Lord, bless all mothers everywhere today, Father. Just hold them in your hands as you have always done, and we know that you will do. But, Father, you said to ask, so we're asking. And on this day, we say thank you, Lord. We love you. We worship, honor, and magnify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please remain standing as we continue in worship. Lord, we declare today that in the good times and in the bad times, we will worship you. No matter what it looks like, we will praise you. Hallelujah. Sing together. I count on one thing. The same God who never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Oh, yes, I
Lord, we choose today to give you praise, to glorify the name above all names. The words to that verse are easy to say. When we're on a mountaintop, it's easy to say, oh yeah, when I'm in the valley, I'm going to give him praise because of all he's done until we get to the valley. Now, maybe I'm not talking about you. Maybe I'm only talking about me. But it's not the easiest thing for me to do. When I'm not pressed, when the, when the devil is not on my back, easy. When he's riding me, it's not so easy. It's probably not so easy for you. But when we do that, we can be assured of this. Worship doesn't always change our circumstances. But it always changes us. Worship doesn't always change our circumstances, but it always changes us. When we choose to glorify the name above all names, whether we feel like it or whether we don't, God, we just want to worship you today from our place of want, from our place of need, from our place of rejoicing. Lord, here's where we want to be. Found in your hands, fullness of joy, ever in fear, suddenly wiped away. Here in your presence, all of my gains now fade away, ever in crown, no longer on. Oh. 
bow before the name of Jesus. Is it, is it you? Is it something you need to surrender to Him? Is it something you need to let go of? Is it something you need to make sure that He is in control of in your life? Because He'll do it. He'll take it. He'll wipe away the fears. He will wash those things away. Put your feet on solid rock. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Sing this. He is wonderful. Here we are in God's presence this morning. Amen. Yes. Go ahead. Give, give God thanks. If you're at home, give thanks to God for his presence is with us here and now. And we are glad to be in his presence. His presence changes our lives. And I'm so glad for that. I'm going to offer a prayer. And then after the prayer, the children are, are welcome to go with Miss Tony uh, to their classes and then we'll listen to the Word of God here and online. And then the children will uh, experience God's Word and a lesson uh, in their classrooms. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You. You have heard our call to You to come and be present with us. 
and you have inhabited the praises of your people. You live in the praises of your people. We thank you for that this morning. Heavenly Father, as we turn our our, our hearts and our eyes and our ears toward you, we desire to hear what you have to say to us today. And God, we pray that even with the children in their classrooms, that you will be present with them through their lesson, that they will experience you in their presence, that they may be encouraged to continue to follow you, to be lifted up by you, to grow in fullness and wisdom and in favor with you and with all people. We thank you for our children. And Lord, we ask you to be present in this room and in our homes as we hear the word that you have to speak to us through Pastor Vaughn this morning. Anoint him fresh with your breath and open our ears so that we may hear you clearly. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated, children. You may follow Tony. The Gospels tell us a lot about the character of Jesus through its descriptive terms. We see him as teacher, healer, redeemer, savior, messiah. But the busyness of life and the cares of this world threaten to crowd all that out and make it seem like just a huge jumbled mess. When we truly invite Jesus to guide our lives and our thoughts, He'll show us who he really is. Mark my words. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Jesus. Always got to say good morning to Jesus and welcome the Holy Spirit in this place. And I just want to tell you all, it's good to see your beautiful, shiny faces this morning. I see the joy of the Lord is upon you. Just as his word promises, that in his presence there is fullness of joy. At his right hand are blessings forevermore. And he will show us the pathways of life. And I thank God that the day he showed you the pathway for your life was to be in church today. And for those of you who are at home, amen, that's all right. Praise God. It's good to give God glory, isn't it? Praise God. And for those of you who are at home, we thank God that you are there listening to us also. We're going to continue today, my friends, in our endeavor to recognize the many facets of Jesus Christ's attributes through the help of the Gospel of Mark, John Mark. And uh, the name of our series is Welcome, I'm sorry, Mark My Words. Amen. Kind of catchy. Uh, sort of hard to forget, and that's the idea there. But... Before we proceed further, we have to recognize our mothers. Why? Because they deserve it. <laughs> but also because today is Mother's Day. For the mothers who are with us today, and if there's any mothers here, would you please stand up? If you don't want to stand, would you just raise your hand? For the mothers who wait for us on the other side in heaven, and for the mothers whose children have gone home before them, we want to give you a big round of applause. Amen. Thank you, mothers. God bless you. I haven't been with my mother in over 50 years, but I know on the assurance of God's holy word that one day I will see her again. And we all had that blessed assurance, that divine hope. 
that we'll be united with our mothers and our fathers one day again in a place called heaven. Proverbs 31 gives us wonderful attributes of the virtuous woman. And I see these in all mothers. I also think it is exemplary of how we all should be if we're to be like Christ. As Christians, that's what we're to endeavor towards. Proverbs 31, verse 25 says, She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. Sometimes it's not easy to do that. Sometimes the days to come make you just want to pull the covers back over your head. But the virtuous woman can handle that. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is upon her tongue. Does that sound like your mother? Praise God. Reminds me of my grandmother, very wise, godly woman. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Verse 27. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also. And he, listen, gentlemen, remember this, and he praises her. Praise God. All the women say amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Right. Many women have done excellently, but you, virtuous woman, you surpass them all. Lastly, Proverbs 31, 31, easy to remember. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Once again, we thank God for our mothers. We thank God for all women. If it was not for women, mothers, we wouldn't be here. Praise God. So thank you, Lord, for our mothers. And may we honor them not only today, but through every day of their lives. Amen. One more time. Let's give them a hand clap, please. If you're at home, if you're at home, women, mothers, pat yourself on the back. If there's no one there to pat you on the back. And just know it's from God and from us. Praise God. So far, we've experienced Jesus in four different personas of who he is. Does anybody remember any of the four categories? You can just yell it out. Be informal. Wow. Somebody said awesome. Yes, thank you. Awesome. Healer. Amen. Praise God. What else? Teacher. Yes, that was last week. And before that was Son of God. Amen. Very good. Praise God. That's awesome. Somebody's listening. <laughs> Hallelujah. And today we will see once again through the writings of Mark, the undeniable, inerrant, infallible, God-proved truth that our precious Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has not only all that, I almost said in a bag of chips, but he's not all that, but Jesus is supreme. Can you say that with me? Jesus is supreme. Hallelujah. That means there is none above him, brothers and sisters. My friends, have you ever met someone in your life who just changed your life forever? There's just something about him, the things he or she said, the things they did, and it doesn't count to say mother or father, because I guess that's the first person all of us have seen and really changed our lives, formed our lives. But somebody else who made your life entirely different, hopefully for the better. Some people make your life worse. <laughs> Stay away from that. <laughs> but somebody who has made your better life better by just being in their presence. 
I had a man who I met when I was 18 years old. I just went into the Air Force, Lackland Air Force Base, down in San Antonio, Texas. His name was Sergeant Hood. I hope he's still alive. If so, thank you, Sergeant Hood. I didn't like him then. He was a rough, tough guy. And what I did like about him, I found out he was fair and he was wise. He was a man of God. I was blessed to have somebody like that in my life. And being an inner city kid with no father, I needed instruction. I needed someone to tell me what to do and what not to do. When you think about it, we all do. That's what we got the Bible for. Amen? And read Proverbs from Solomon. It'll tell you exactly that very, very well. What to do and what not to do. But this man changed my life for the better. It was after meeting him that I knew I wanted to make the Air Force a career. The other recruits and I found in him just what we needed to help us, even though we didn't realize it. He helped us become courageous soldiers. And when I went to Vietnam, I'm glad he had put that in my life. But even better than that, he made us viable, God-loving, God-loving, God-fearing citizens who loved their country and one another. In today's message from the book of Mark, chapter 5, verse 1 to 20, we're told a true story in which the chance meeting of a gentleman known, and I use the term gentleman very, very loosely, known as the demoniac of Gardneris. And please pray for me. This is a difficult message, especially on Mother's Day. And another man, the God-man, known as Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We're going to see how his meeting Jesus changed his life for the better. And there's some of us in this story. Every one of us should be able to relate to this story, how Christ has made our life forever better than it was before we met him. Amen? Can I get an amen? Praise God. I know he did with me. Thank God for Jesus. Hallelujah. In this story, we'll see that Jesus proves he is superior, superior to all, to everything. We're told in the Bible in, I know it's Isaiah, 55 verse 9, that the Lord says, Isaiah speaking for him as the oracle of God, he says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth. You can say this with me, by the way. We do it better when we do it together. Amen. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So many things happen in our life sometimes, church. We wonder, God, What are you doing? Why are you allowing this to happen in my life? Don't you know what you're doing? Don't you know how I feel about this situation? Don't you know how this hurts me? But brothers and sisters, we got to trust God because he is God. Because his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are so much higher than our thoughts and our ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, he says. It's like a giant 747 airplane trying to communicate with a gnat. There's just no way they can do it. Praise God. We'll never understand all the things that God does. Job lost everything, didn't he? He lost everything. He was a righteous man, the Bible tells us. And he could have just chucked it in and say, oh, forget about it and go to the nearest bar, I guess. But no, he did not do that. He still held close to God. His wonderful wife came and told him, why don't you just go curse God? Amen. Oh, yeah, and by the way, after you do that, 
die. Boy, we don't need a, that's not a virtuous woman, brothers and sisters. Praise God. We don't need that. That ought to make you appreciate the woman in your life. Praise the Lord. But Job said he would not do that. He said, I know my Redeemer liveth. Even if he slays me, still will I trust him. And you know what? Less than a year, I think it was around 10 months, God restored everything to Job. Gave him double, in fact, over everything that he had, didn't he? And he said, you will live to see to the fourth generation past this time. Your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. Glory to God. Glory to God. I get great hope out of that. He said that Job would live to be 140 years more after that happened. The best of his life was still to come. So I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but whatever you're going to, just hang on there. Trust God. Know that the best is yet to come. Amen? And don't ever stop hoping. Don't give up your faith in God and his promises. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's go ahead and read this particular scripture we find in uh, chapter, where is that? Chapter 5, I'm sorry, verse 1 to 20. We're going to put it up on the screen. Okay, the disciples had just landed in this area, this region of the Gennaris. Let's read together, please. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerenzes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with a Impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. The man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand to foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Oh, he hasn't met Jesus yet. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with Stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, what did he do? He ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus has said to him, talking about the demons, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, let's say this together, What? is your name. Jesus is commanding. He's not asking. He's not having a conversation. You don't conversate with demons and the devil. You command them in Jesus' name. What is your name, Jesus said. And he said, my name is Legion. He replied. And as a, we're going to look into what Legion, Legion means. I don't know if anybody knows what a Legion is. But we're going to look at that. He replied, for we are many He had many demons, and he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us amongst the pigs. Allow us to go into them. It's interesting they chose pigs. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. See, that's what the devil wants to do with all of us. To steal, kill, and destroy, John 10.10 says. And that's what these pigs did in this. That's what the devil, the demons, did in these pigs. Those tending to the pigs ran off 
and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. They were worried about their livelihood, their pigs. Okay. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there. And this is so important. What a, what a conversation with Jesus will do. Dressed in his right mind. As the man who we know as the prodigal son had done, he had come to himself. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told all about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. You would think they'd be thanking him, bowing before him, honoring. But no, they were worried about their livelihood. Jesus was getting into the boat, and the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. He wanted to go with Jesus, the one who had just saved him. But Jesus did not let him go, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Oh, hallelujah. Great. Thank you, Jesus. The man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And the people were amazed. They were amazed, brothers and sisters. Praise God. Praise God. In the chapter previous to this one, chapter 4, we encountered Jesus in the boat with his disciples. He was sound asleep, and a storm, a tremendous storm has arisen. And he awakes, he's awakened at the behest of his disciples to calm these ferocious seas and the howling winds. He and his disciples land a boat in the Gadaris area. But first, Jesus calmed the seas. He told the winds to settle down. That's the power of Jesus. No matter what we're going through in our life, Jesus can make it all right. Amen. And almost immediately, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Almost immediately, Jesus encounters this demon-possessed man. He was a frightening man. The poor disciples, they must have been frightened out of their minds, brothers and sisters. They were probably thinking, my God, we just went through the worst storm we've ever seen in our lives. And being fishermen on the Sea of Galilee, they see a lot of storms. That's normal and natural in that area. But this was, as they say, the mother of all storms. Like a Hurricane Katrina and Hurricane Sandy coming together. And they are in the midst of this. But thank God for Jesus. But after that... You would think everything's going to settle down now. We've been through the worst. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. But right away, something else happens. Here comes this crazed guy who makes a Frankenstein's monster look like a Boy Scout. And my God, they were terrified. Wouldn't you be? Hallelujah. I know I, I would. We're kind of used to seeing monsters and, and zombies and werewolves and demons on the movie theater screen and on TV. I grew up with that. I used to love to watch it. I don't anymore. For some reason, when Jesus came into my heart big time, I just lost the desire for that. I feel like Star Wars, <laughs> things like that. But I don't, I don't like the demons and all that stuff anymore. A few decades ago, one of the biggest movies out was a movie called The Exorcist. People like that stuff. The world just seems to be gravitating towards that type of evil. And brothers and sisters, we're going to see why it's so important to leave that stuff alone. This demon-possessed man was 
thrice unclean. Three times unclean. First of all, he lives in a Gentile region. How do we know that? It was full of pigs. The Decapolis area established by the Romans, those ten cities, it was mainly Gentiles. He lived as a Jew amongst the tombs. Jewish people are not supposed to be around the dead. They bury the dead, in fact, within 24 hours. And lastly, what we see right here in the spirit within him is grossly unclean. He was an unholy mess. He was strong. And verse 4 says, we're told that he would break free of the shackles as if there were nothing, like they were tissue paper. He has supernatural demonic power, brothers and sisters. And don't you ever think that Satan doesn't have power. He can't do anything with it that God doesn't allow, as Job found out. But he's not to be played with. Even Michael would not contest him over the bones in the burial place of Moses without saying, in Jesus Christ's name, I come against you in this matter. We must always do these things in Jesus' name. As I say, you don't want to get too involved into studying this, studying these things. Jesus tells us just enough that we know what to do, how to command them in his name, but you don't see long, lengthy conversations about the devil and the demons in the Bible. He has power. We don't want that power because we got Jesus. And greater is he that is in us, amen, than he, what's his name? The devil. Than he that is in the world. And who is the he I'm talking about? Jesus. Greater is Jesus than the devil who is in this world. Brothers and sisters, Satan has no power except the power that God has allowed him. Did you know that? He can only do what God allows. Sometimes I know we wonder, God, why did you allow this then? That's only natural to wonder that. But we must always remember God is in control. God is in charge. And we can always come to him in prayer. And the psalmist says, I believe it's in Psalm 150, the day we pray, God answers that prayer. We have access to the Father, and we don't use it enough. We should pray, Paul says, without ceasing. He said, rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And in all things, give. It's a T word. Thanks. Amen. Have you thanked God lately just for waking you up this morning? Hallelujah. Verse 5 said this man would cry out day and night as he wandered amongst the tombs. He must have been a completely tormented creature. But the Lord, but the Lord. Would you say that with me, please? That's a, I used to call that a Holy Ghost but. Okay? I meant it in a very nice way. But the Lord. Thank God for those but the Lord moments in our life. Jesus saw a man in need of deliverance. That's what he saw. While they saw a monster, and that's what we see, he saw a little lost lamb who he was willing to leave the 99. That's why they came across this. See, that's one of the main reasons to rescue this gentleman. He saw someone who was hurting and could not help himself. Someone who deserved a second chance. And hasn't Jesus seen something somewhat Likewise, to a degree, in each and every one of us. Think about it. I know he has with me. Now, you might not notice, but I wasn't born perfect. Amen. Like the Bible says, I was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. 
I was born that way. That's the Adamic sin that we're all born with. Praise God. And thank God he has a way for us to come out of that curse that was on our lives. His name is Jesus. The one who hung on the cross and shed his blood for us. Died and rose again so that we could have a chance at the tree of life. The Bible says God made him sin who knew no sin for us. So that through him we might become, here's our title again, we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we want to stay always with Jesus. For we have indeed all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says there's none righteous, no doubt one. Until we get in Jesus. Then when Psalm 24 says, who will ascend unto my holy hill? And who will stand in my holy place? But he who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who has not lifted up his heart unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall inherit this holy place. This is where we need to be. In Christ. When we're in Christ, we become that individual. Outside of him, we'll never make it. But in Christ, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Stay in the light. Stay in the light of our Savior Jesus. Oh, aren't you glad that he took you out of your mess, brothers and sisters? I know he rescued me from mine. He reached way down deep into the miry pit and pulled me out of my evil, out of my sin. I wasn't going around robbing banks or anything. I'm talking about just a normal way of living, hanging out with the guys and having fun. Woohoo! Party time here. And uh, uh, what do they call it? I forget the names that we used to call it. Five, five o'clock in the evening sometimes you go to the bar. Thank God. Happy hour. Yeah, happy hour. I'm so glad it's been so long I forgot what it was called. But I noticed about happy hour nobody looked happy. It was just a bunch of drunks, for the most part, looking miserable. And to a degree, I guess I was one of them. They were probably thinking the same thing about me. The demons in this man were terrified of Jesus and begged him not to torture them, but to allow them to go into some nearby pigs. Water seeks its own level, doesn't it, church? Demons desire a host, and they want something that's dirty and soiled. And when we're in sin, that's what we become. Do not... I say, do not, through continuous willful sinning, provide them a place of habitation and refuge. They may not possess you like they did this man. By the way, they don't possess Christians. Nowhere in the Bible do I see where a Christian, a believer, has ever been possessed by demons. But they will attempt to influence you, and we don't want that, do we? I don't know about you. I don't want to be influenced by evil. I had that all my life until Jesus found me and saved me. We need to walk in the spirit, as the Apostle Paul says. We need to walk worthy, brothers and sisters. Those are great words. I had a man last week tell me in our prayer meeting. He says, so often we hear people say those churchy words, but a lot of people don't know what it means. He was talking about my sermon last week. I was not offended. I took it to heart. Constructive criticism is a good thing. The Apostle Paul tells us what it means and how to do this, to walk in the Spirit. Ephesians 4, verse 1, 3, Paul says, 
I'm going to start reading. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to live a life worthy of your calling. Who's calling us? Amen, Jesus. For you have been called by God. Always be, and that's Jesus. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another, making allowances for another's faults. Oh, that's hard to do, isn't it? We always want people to take allowances with us. The Lord knows my heart. Why don't you? I didn't mean any harm there. But do we show it to other people? Or are we critical? Do we judge them? Paul says, make allowances for one another's fault. Everybody's not going to be perfect like you. Amen. Because of your love. If you have love, and 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 says, we have to show love to one another if we truly love God. Because the next verse says, because God is love. Tell someone you love them. Would you just turn to someone and say, I love you. Turn to somebody else and say, I love you. Linda, you just did that twice to your husband, didn't you? (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) He goes on to say, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. That's why we need to come together like we are here. Many gifts, Paul says, but one spirit within us all. And he's here in us right now. It brings us together. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Binding yourselves together with peace. Folks, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, isn't he? His Father is the God of Peace. The Hebrews know him as Jehovah Shalom. Praise God. That's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Some of us don't have peace in our lives. You need more Jesus. You need more Word of God, who is Jesus. He is the Word of God, according to John chapter 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by Him. There's His superior being right there. Praise God. He is the Word of God. He was up against a lot of evil with this man, brothers and sisters. Jesus was. In the Roman army, a Roman legion consists of, and who knows how many men? Say that again, please. 6,000. He was dealing with 6,000 or more demons. This could be a figurative amount. It's telling us that there's a whole lot of evil going on in this man. That's how bad it can get. I'm sure this man probably didn't start off that way. He didn't want it to be that way. But brothers and sisters, just a little bit of sin. A little bit of sin. What Solomon called dead flies, two dead flies, one dead fly in the ointment. Oil of the entire apothecary. And it's suitable only to be thrown out, thrown away. You cannot mix that which is unholy with that which is holy. Profanity, profane things, impure, will not mix with our Lord. It expands in us, manifests, metastasizes until it takes over. The Apostle Paul shows us how sin can grow so quickly. Romans 1, 21, verse 21, 23. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave him thanks to him, gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, 
and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. What does Proverbs tell us? The fool saith in his heart that there is no, there is no God. And they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for image, images made to look like a mortal human being. And birds and animals and reptiles. We know in the case with Moses, when they were out in the desert, they made a golden calf. Amen. Praise God. We want to thank you, Jesus, for rescuing us from such a fate as this. The main point we are getting to here, church, as we wind down, in the presence of the risen Savior, this man full of demons, bound not out of reverence to God, but in full acknowledgement of his supreme authority. It's talking about the demons in him. The demons called out his name and title and submitted to Jesus, command to come out of this man. And this they did. Praise God. Because Jesus reigns. We're told in Philippians 2, verse 9, 10. I'm going to wind this up quickly here. We're running out of time. It said, therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest place, highest honor, my notes say, and gave him the name that is above every other name. What's that name, church? Please, a little bit louder. Jesus, hallelujah, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Praise God. The demons knew this. This man came up to Jesus, and when he ran up on him, he bowed low unto him. Praise God. It comes as a shock to many people, especially Christians, that demons have a kind of faith that they're demonstrating here, a belief, not saving faith, for they already have declined to submit to God's supremacy. So what do they believe? For one thing, they prove here, they believe in the existence of God. They are neither atheist nor agnostic. They also believe in the deity of Christ. They said all this before Jesus. Whenever they encountered Christ when he was on earth, on earth they bore witness to his sonship. Mark 3.11 shows that. They believed in the existence of a place of punishment. Luke 8.31. And they also recognized Jesus Christ as the righteous God, Son of God. God. Mark 5, verse 1. They acknowledged the authority and sovereignty of his name. My question to you today, my friends, is have you, I ask you, have you done likewise? Everything on earth submits to God's sovereignty. Every created thing, whether it be a worm, a bug, an eagle, a roach, acquiesce to the sovereignty of God. Every creature that God has created does that, except one. If you've got a mirror, pull it out. Or your cell phone, put it in selfie mode. It's us. Us, who've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're the only ones who don't acknowledge God's authority. Let me read you a quote from Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And in just a few sentences, I think he so well explains why we're like this and some, why some will never acknowledge God. He says, no doctrine in the whole word of God has more excited the hatred of mankind than the truth of the absolute sovereignty of God. I'll read that one more time. No doctrine in the whole world of God has more excited 
the hatred of mankind than the truth of the absolute sovereignty of God. Satan does not acknowledge God. One third of the angels didn't under his lead. That's how some of them are chained. We know them as the chained demons. The rest of them are like these demons trying to bring us down. Church, I ask you in closing, do you acknowledge his supremacy, his sovereignty, that he is supreme? Pastor Roger read a wonderful verse when we first started, Colossians 1, 15 to 22. Speaking of God's sovereignty, read it and remember that he is supreme. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you might have experienced. I know some of us have lost people we love more than we love ourselves. Sister Sheila told me this morning, she said, you can say my name. I miss my husband. But I know he's with Jesus. Praise God. I know my wife has said, thank you, Jesus, for that wonderful assurance. I know Sister Sharon, who's here, has gone through so much losing her baby boy the way she did. But here she sits in church today, honoring God. Not doing like Job's wife said today. She's still hanging on to her God. In fact, she called my wife this week to lift up my wife with encouragement. Even though she's going through what she's going through. My wife and I can both tell you, without Jesus, we wouldn't have made it. Without godly people, I wouldn't be here today. Hallelujah. And I thank God for all you godly people who stood around behind us and others in our congregation who have lost loved ones recently. We've lost a lot of people. Brother Laws lost his beautiful wife, Kate, of 57 years. And he said, I miss her so much, Vaughn. But I still have Jesus. And I know I will see her again. We have that blessed hope, don't we, church? So, folks, let me just close on these three points I want to leave you with real quickly here. Thank you for your patience. These are more like challenges. It comes from the text. Will you, number one, will you make sure that all can recognize the new you in Christ Jesus as shown in verse 15? You might just want to write down verse 15 because this is what was shown in this man's life. It brings out the truth of the verse that were given by the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, new creation. All things have passed away. And behold, all things are new. Praise God. What a difference Jesus makes in our lives. Amen. Will you, number two, will you endeavor to always follow Christ as shown in verse 19? When this man got saved, when he got cleaned out, what did he want to do? He wanted to follow Jesus. Lee, come here, Lee. He wanted to follow Jesus. But Jesus told him, "Uh -uh. I want you to go out into the world and tell them. Tell them what? Number three, will you testify to what God has done for you in your life? Will you tell them how good God has been to you? Praise God. Will you spread the gospel as this man was told to do to go out all of the copolis and tell them about what I have done for you. Have you told people how good Jesus has been? We're told in Revelation 12, 11 that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the power of his, our testimony. Not his testimony. Our testimony. Tell somebody what Jesus has done for you. 
Last week, this young man's grandparents brought Lee up to me. We all know Lee, love Lee. And Lee's been having a hard time. Lee told Pastor Roger and I that he hated God because God hates him. That's how he got so turned around. He'd been listening to this devilish hard rock music. He thought God didn't love him anymore, so he said, I'll just go to the other side. But we talked with him and we prayed with him, and it's like a light came over him. He called me later on that night, talked to Pastor Roger, and said, I want to start coming to church again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Give me a hand, sir. Praise God. And then he came and said, I want to get back on the camera crew again. And Pastor Bill and Pastor Roger said, come on. Right where you left it, you can pick back up again. That's what Jesus does for her. I'm so proud of you, Lee. I'm so glad you're back home, son. Give me a hug. Love you, dude. The devil was trying to turn him into a demoniac. And he tries to do that with all of us, brothers and sisters. Because we're saved today. Don't think he won't try tonight. I know he's been messing with me all week long. I've been asking people to pray over me with this message all week long. Pastor Roger was so concerned about me. He said, come into my office, me and my wife. We're going to pray for you because this is a difficult one. And brothers and sisters, I thank you for accepting it. It's not a pleasant subject. But the thing is, we've seen the end of the story. We're the, we're, we're the personification of the end. We win. We're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. The devil can just go somewhere and hang himself in Jesus' name. So I just want to say, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places through his Son, his dear Son, Christ Jesus, in whom all, all the power of the Godhood dwells. That's Colossians 2, verse 9, 10. I'm not going to read it. But Jesus is superior. He has all power through his Father, our Lord, Father, God. God bless you. Be blessed. Go tell somebody the good news. Tell somebody how Jesus saved you. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, today, whether you're here in the room or whether you're watching us online, there are several next steps you can take. Maybe you're here in the room today or, or you're watching online and you've never said yes to the supremacy of Jesus in your life. Maybe Jesus is not the Lord of your life. I don't know who's here. I don't know who's watching us online. But maybe you need to say, Jesus, I need you to be the Lord of my life today. We're going to have some folks at the prayer station. Uh, you can come kneel at the front here and pray. You can talk to one of the pastoral staff if you need to say yes to Jesus for the first time. If you're online, you can type it in the chat or you can fill out one of our online connect cards and let us know that you need to meet with a pastor. But today is the day to say yes to Jesus. Amen. Today is the day to say yes to him. You can also send us an email. Uh, pastor Roger at 1215 has a Zoom meeting uh, where you can just meet and, and talk and, and uh, uh, express some, some prayer uh, concerns and that sort of thing. Uh, so join them at, at 12.15. The meeting ID is on your screen. Would you stand today as we continue to worship the Lord this morning and uh, give you an opportunity to, to spend some time in prayer with the Lord? Again, the front is open. There are folks that are available to pray with you. There is none like our God. Amen. There is no one like our God. You are the one. 
who knows my need before I call. You tell the storm that it will be before it starts. God above, who knows within my heart. The highest praise cannot proclaim how great.
thank you for your power. We thank you for all that you do in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that as we stand here together to worship you this morning, we can say with certainty that there is no one.